0: You have to establish that you're you're there to help them and you're on their team. The media has like a bad stigma, you know, because of people like TMZ and whatever. So when you see someone with a camera, it's immediately associated with something bad. So you have to establish like, when you have a camera, you're defending someone else's dream. It's a pretty selfless job.
1: Welcome to Talk Me, a podcast and community dedicated to candid conversations around documentary storytelling. I'm your host, Leah DeLeon, and today's guest is Brandon Lawless. Brandon is a documentary filmmaker and photographer based in Los Angeles. He has created content for the NFL, major fashion brands, and artists such as Big Sean and Lil Uzi Vert. In this episode, you'll hear about Brandon's background as an athlete, how he balanced film school while playing college football, and the importance of honing your craft. Let's get right into it. I'm so excited. Me too. Okay, well, this
0: is my first podcast. Really? Yep. What an honor. I'm so excited.
1: Welcome to Talk Doc to me.
0: I'm excited to be here.
1: Are you ready to talk doc to me? I'm
0: ready to talk doc.
1: God bless. Okay. How'd you get into visual storytelling? Like when did, when did you pick See, up a camera? This
0: is, this is the craziest story ever because I always say football is the skeleton key to my life right now. It was a point in time before high school where my parents kind of sat down and were like, okay, Brandon really likes football. Brandon just doesn't like football, Brandon's good at football and this is what he wants to do like. And I had aspirations of playing college football like I went to every USC came as a kid, not every but my like one of my parents could get me there. And I was just like, yo, football is like sick. So my parents were like, "All right. Brandon wants to go play college football." So my mother um is like, "He's going to go to college." Like my parents were my mom, especially my mom's like, "Education, I don't care. You're going to school." <laughs> and so they stumbled upon a private Catholic school in Encino, but at the time, like, I never even knew what a private school was. I didn't know things were like that. It's like growing up, you hear private school, you're like $100,000 tuition, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's crazy. Like, I had some friends going to like Sierra Canyon and like Harvard Westlake, and they are like 20000 30000 So I was like, there's no way my parents can like get me there. So like my parents made all these sacrifices to like get me there. So going to Crespi was like, was like so new to me and it was like orientation and uh, you get like that free elective your yeah. like freshman yeah, yeah, year yeah. or whatever mm-hmm, it is. Mm-hmm. All my friends are like, I'm taking biology. And I looked at my mom I was like, mom, I'm not taking biology right now. Cause like going in, like I was so scared, like, I had to take like a test to get into a high school you remember like the mm-hmm. whole testing thing like the standardized interview? testing all the that, bubbles like, you got to fill in do all like, those an bubbles interview with like the teacher dude like, it was
1: actually for louisville i had to do a lot of interviews too like yeah, it's it was, pretty intense it was so
0: new to me and my family so i'm like coming in like this is gonna be the hardest school ever like i'm so scared like there's no way i'm taking biology right now so i think there's like two other options and i was just like mom you pick or like we just like pick some random it was broadcast journalism, and um. I went in there and it was like a media room. It was crazy. There was computers everywhere. There was like a equipment bay. And I was like, yo, like what is going on here? This is so crazy. And um, it was actually a blessing because there was like a lot of seniors in there who played sports. So a lot of them didn't really care. Cause it's like, it's, the class is essentially an easy A if you just like try. Because they don't expect anybody to be Yeah, you know, Tarantino in there or whatever. And so it got to the so I picked it up and I was like, wow, this is so cool. This is so sick. And
1: just like the equipment, being around it, yeah, like all the cameras. Was like so it was new just. To it. Yeah. And
0: I was so new to it. And I never grew I wouldn't say like I grew up as a creative person. Like my parents like aren't creative people. Like they're just like American dream. Like we work, we have a cool son, he does cool stuff, like fire and I, I never like really been around a camera like never really I've never picked up a camera so when I saw it I was like this is interesting and I'm, I'm I would say I'm a very curious person myself so when I saw it, and I was like whoa like I'm gonna just mess around with it and then like my first assignment was was to shoot the varsity game so I ended up shooting it and I ended up editing it and like literally probably like the same day essentially mm-hmm. and like the teacher was like you did this already and I was like Yeah. So I just like picked it up so quick. I was so fascinated with it. And uh, that's really how I got into it. And I kind of stepped away from it a little bit once football got more serious. I didn't take like another media broadcast class until like my soft, no, my senior year. And I was like, let me just try this again. Like I've always been fascinated with it. Like we had like free periods. So I used to like sneak in there and just be like, I'm going to just figure it out. So then kind of like senior year, that's when I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. That's really how I got into it. it. Was really an accident.
1: I love that. Yeah, it
0: was it was, a, it was a cool accident.
1: I love that. Okay, so then, but you you went to film school.
0: Yes. What was the
1: discussion around film school? Did you feel like it was worth it, or like what was the conversation with your parents like when you're like I want to pursue filmmaking?
0: It was it was a weird one because I was still trying to play football, and so like during high school I had like a few injuries, so I had like a lot of um, I had like a lot of college interest, you know in high school, but once I had a shoulder surgery, that kind of all faded. So we kind of like sat down and I was like in a weird place and my parents were like, oh, hey, like, do you still want to do this football stuff? And I was like, all right, let's give football one more go. I went to Santa Monica College for a semester, played there, got all my college interest back. And, um, but kind of, it started to really hit me like, you can't play college football and go to film school at the same time. So when I was taking all these recruiting visits and things like that, they're like, oh, what do you wanna go to school for? I was like, film. And they're like, communications? And I was like, no. Film. Film, please. And they're like, we don't even have that here. And I was like, I'm out. (laughs) Um, But then finally, like a big time program came in, offered me and I was like, cool. And that was like, that in the back of my head was always the goal to like go to a big time program. So I went there. And I got and where there. Where was that? Where was that? Uh, West Virginia. I got there and I was like, this isn't what I want to do. <laughs> they didn't have a film school either, but I was like, big time program. Like, this is everything. Like, we've for worked football. for football. Yeah. Okay. So, so they
1: offered you, they offered you like a, a scholarship yeah, they to go. Yeah, offered
0: me full ride. I offered me full ride to go to West Virginia. I got there in the summer and I was just like, but they didn't have a film program. But it was, I would always say, it was more so of like an egotistical move just to like feed everything. And it was like, I saw green and I went and
1: that's hard. That's hard not to to say, oh my gosh, I should go there. Someone is giving me a full ride. Yeah. And I'm sure from your parents' perspective, they're like, oh my God, like our son has made it. Please go. Yeah. You know,
0: so they were just like, everyone was just like super happy. And it was just like, I would say I got super caught up in the moment, which was like super awesome. But this was also at a time where I was still like, what do I really want to do? So like when I ended up getting there, it it wasn't it didn't take a lot for me to realize like, okay maybe this isn't what I want to do, um, and so I honestly ended up leaving before the season even started, got back in the into the transfer uh like portal they didn't even have a transfer portal at the time, and um, I originally wanted to go to SC because they did have a film school they like that communication school they just built Annenberg, and I was like okay I want to go there, but they're like. Bunch of transfer rules. So like I couldn't go there immediately. And this program came in, they're like, Hey, we're not big time program. We're still division one. We still play against like Arizona and things like that. And we have a film school and you can go there. Cause it's like a lot of times if even if there's a film program, the counselors and the coaches will be like, I don't even think you could like have the time for that.
1: Because it's just too intensive. Like basically if you're an athlete plus I, film school, it's just like nope, you just don't have for the time. Disaster
0: because I mean, I've I've had friends get like their degrees, like they're like, they've been like shied away from like other degrees. It's like being a college athlete is like full-time, it's really a full-time job. Um, it's just like, and so I didn't realize that until I did it. So they let me go to film school and then kind of like after my first year, I'm like, I kind of see why people told me I can't do this, but I just toughed it out.
1: And what school was that? that
0: I, went to, went- I went to NAU, so I went to film school there. Majored in creative media and film, emphasis in documentary making, and finished my football career there. Called it Raps after, but yeah.
1: <laughs> so you did. You did do football and
0: yeah, I did. It okay. was the hardest thing I ever had to do in my life.
1: You were a college athlete. Yeah. Plus, filmmaking. Yeah. The recipe for disaster.
0: Huge recipe for disaster. Literally. Would every you recommend
1: ha- that to other people?
0: It really just like- depends on. It's. It's. This is going to sound really cliche and corny, but it's like, how bad do you really want it? And. um but the good thing for me was it being a smaller school and a smaller program, I would say football wasn't – like it was still serious, but it wasn't as serious because it's like you take a kid who plays football at SC, his aspirations are immediately like if you play football at SC, you're like, I'm going to the NFL. So you're doing all the crazy stuff, go to the NFL, you're lifting twice a day, you know, everything. So your schedule is truly like, you know, locked up. But here it's like I had a little bit more freedom. Like it gave me the option to like – for me, like I've never I was never a person who was like, I have to go to the NFL. I just wanted to play college football. So when I went to that smaller school, like I was still able to have fun. I was still able to play football. It was very, um still a very serious like thing. And so
1: But it wasn't like your end all and that was yeah. like that was a, a happy medium for yeah, you. Like you were able to do both.
0: It was like, it was a perfect give and uh, a give and take.
1: Mm-hmm. And while you were at NAU, what was your entry point into starting to make documentaries or what, what kind of projects did you work on? during, during college?
0: So when I first got there, I ended up getting hurt again. (laughs) So I ended up getting like a shoulder. Yeah, my college, my college career was not good. I probably, I think out of like a uh, five-year, five-year college career, I think I played like 12 games. It was so bad. Hmm. Reminds me of poor Anthony Davis. Yeah, no, literally that's, that was, that was me. I was street, (laughs) I was street clubs for real. So I got hurt my sophomore year. But we had a we had a receiver who was like really good. And everyone's like, oh, he's going to the NFL. He's breaking all the records. And so I was taking this, I was taking a film. I was taking like a real documentary class. And I was like, let me make my life. It was, it wasn't, it sounds terrible. It wasn't like the passion of mine. Like I didn't come out of it as like a, I really want to do this project. I was like, how can I make my life easier doing football stuff and filmmaking stuff? So I was like, I'm going to do it on my friend. <laughs> so I literally just brought a camera to practice used it to get all the B-roll. He lived like three doors down from me. So I just show up audio clip, be like, I'm interviewing you right now. So, and then we ended up doing like really good. (laughs) Like me and the team, we killed it. I think like someone was like, you should enter this in like the Sedona film festival. I ignored the email. It was so bad of me. I was like, I don't know if this is like, I'm scared. I'm okay. So that's really what, like, I was like, I want to do this. Like, this was so much fun. So I loved, I loved storytelling. I think storytelling is like big on like, I want to tell people who you are and like who they are. And it's just like,
1: and it always starts with your friends. Like, you always have to, like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like as documentary filmmakers, you either, like, you do it about your friend or your family, and that's how you, like, practice. And then you can, you know, follow your other passions and kind of, like, develop after that. But yeah. starting with your closest friends or family, I feel like, is is always the way to go.
0: I feel like it's, like, easiest because it's, like, you're, you're more comfortable. Yeah. I think that's, like, a big thing that what really makes good documentaries is, like, how comfortable can you be with your subject? What's the access you have to your subject? And like, I learned that on later on. So I think that's why it's like, start with your friends. It's just way easier. You already know them. But yeah, that's, that's how I was like, I want to continue to do this.
1: I love that. Okay, tell me, tell me who is Kayvon and how did you start this relationship with him?
0: Kayvon Thibodeau is a football player, businessman um, out of the South Central Los Angeles area. He is now, he plays for the New York Giants. He was drafted fifth overall last year in the NFL draft. Um, he's somebody who just wants to give back to his community, help his community thrive, help his community win. And um, yeah, that's who he is, a hardworking guy.
1: And when did you start working with him?
0: Started working with him January of, or November of 2021. So before he got drafted? Yeah, he, yeah, literally right before he got drafted, I covered literally like, as soon as he left college to now.
1: And you were posting on social media saying that you're doing these things. Do you think that helped with the, you know, just top of mind? Like, oh, Brandon's doing this. Brandon's a guy.
0: Yeah, I always say, I think it's just like credibility in a sense. I always think like now, even like now social media is like starting to blow up, like your personal brand is so big. So like posting my stuff like really helped me out because it it, it got me seen. And so it's like when, when you have like a personal brand like that and you're like posting the things, other people will see it and be like, okay, like how can we imply this to like what we're trying to do? So they saw me like... I was doing, doc- I did a documentary with ESPN. I did a. I did another one with ESPN and McDonald's. So they were like, okay, this is kind of like what we're looking for. Somebody sent me to their team and was like, oh, hey. So I get a phone call and they're like, you're with us. And I was like, cool. <laughs> and it just started just like that. I've been there ever since.
1: Okay, now tell me about like the first meetup. How did that go? And how do you, because as we were saying, like as a documentary filmmaker, Number 1 is your relationship with your character and making sure that they feel comfortable and they feel like they can be themselves on camera. How do you how do you foster that relationship?
0: So the first night I met him it was actually his 21st birthday. He had like a big um it was, it was like a very intimate event with like some of his closest friends, um some of his like closest business relationships, some of his like partners that helped him like throw it. It was like a it's like a real you know, suit and tie event, Um, we ended up just like, we actually ended up just chopping it up real briefly. I actually didn't even like shoot anything that night. I just took photos just to kind of just show them there, show who I am and kind of, I always like come off with like the photography stuff first, just to show them like how I can like work, like my work and just kind of get them comfortable to me being around.
1: Not as invasive as, like, following him around everywhere yeah. with a camera and a microphone. Yeah. Photography, I feel like you can be like, snap, snap. Hey, like, you look pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Like, and still, like, hang out. Yeah, you know, like, kind of, like, work it I agree so with scared you. Of. I think I, I, I like that approach. Yeah,
0: and so just hanging out and just kind of, like, being there. I already knew his management team. I've known them. We've been on the phone for a while. And so kind of just, like, getting to know everybody else around him. Like, his childhood friend and his chief of staff and... You know, Justin, he's a good dude, pretty much Kayvon's right-hand man. And um, meeting his mom and meeting just everybody who's going to play a big part in this. Because I would say it was like a time where it's like super hectic for someone like him. Like he just left college. He was considered the number one overall pick for the last two years. So his life is always just like media heavy. And just like, I didn't want to go in there like just like guns blazing. Um, Usually, so I went in with the photography i will we we have common friends as well so like name drop be like oh hey like i know this person too whatever and it's just like, establish- just yeah, yeah, pretty like much, you're just not hang. trying
1: to be like hey man
0: like you know? what's up dude like are you excited then for your birthday like no like i was just like i'm just gonna kick it we'll hang out i ended up coming like super light like i didn't have like i i knew i knew it was gonna turn out well because i ended up running out of batteries so like i didn't want to like overstay or anything like. I was with him the entire night from when he left his house to go to his birthday. So and had-
1: at this point, like you, you were basically hired on by the management team to follow him, like leading up to the draft. Or like, what was like the initial like agreement? really
0: just like we're just going to document everything. Like we just Got want it. you there. Like, yep. you know, do that. Do his, like personal branding stuff. His social media stuff. Like, get him content, whatever. Yeah. So we were doing that before I started doing that. I was like interning at uh, Atlantic Records, so I was like shooting music. I was doing a lot of music. So. A lot of my friends are, like, big-named people. I don't really look at them like that. But it's, like, taught me how to operate and move around people with, like, a high social status. And so I kind of just, like, started moving around there, documenting everything, and just starting to build a good friendship, essentially. Like, me and Kayvon, I would say we're good friends. We're not, it's not someone who I can just be, like, it's not, like, a subject. It's not, like, talent or anything that I'm following. Like, we're friends. Like, that's what's really helps a lot.
1: And it was kind of natural off the, off the Super bat. Super natural. But it but it came from you going in there and being like, okay, I'm going to like show up as a human being myself, yeah. not put the camera first and just like get to know the people around him.
0: And just having to be, you know, and just showing that you're like trustworthy. That was the most important thing for me was like, I always say as a DP, as a cameraman, a photographer, whatever, you have to be one of the most trusted people in the world because you're going to be exposed to things that you're gonna have access to things that other people don't have access to, who want access to, especially, you know, when I was in the music industry, you know, music leaks all the time, things like that. You see things, you hear things, and you know, even, it doesn't matter what industry, if you have, someone has social status, you're gonna have access to certain things. So you have to really develop that trust because once you develop that trust, it gives you the access to get cooler shots, cooler angles, allows you to ask better questions, just being comfortable. And so that's what I really wanted to establish first, not only with him, but with his team. And so once we got to that level, it just like took off. Like we were just now, like I say, we're, we're, we friends that someone like I can call me like, yo, what are you doing? So yeah, like working with Kayvon, it's just like, it was, it was just like super easy because Kayvon majored in journalism. Uh, he wants to do a lot of, st- he's very media savvy. He loves like working with Kayvon. Like a lot of the times he'll beat me to the punch. He'll be like, Hey, go interview this person or like, go get this shot. And I'm like, I got you bro. But we are on the same page 24-7, like that's why I love working with him, like we have a similar story of, I mean he has like a school, he has all this other stuff. What he's doing with football is with what I want to do with like my media passion. I came from like an inner city, like LAUSD school that didn't have anything, so I wasn't exposed to this art until I got to like a better situation. So I always think, like, there's so many other Brandons out there who don't have the access to this stuff. And that's how Kayvon thinks, too, of, like, what if we just put resources to where I come from? You know, I made it out. There's so many other people who can make it out who are so smart. And so it helps that he understands to document things, the importance of storytelling, who to shoot, what to do. And so, like, it just, that's really half the battle. Just, like, like he knows what he wants. And it's not like a.
1: They have to see the value in it because it's 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 both ways. Like the filmmaker has to be invested, but the 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 character, the athlete, also yeah. has to understand that it is for the best. Like yeah, you
0: won't get anything. Like they have to buy into, and he's he's been bought in since he's he he, he knew his mission since he was twelve years old. He's like, I know this is what we're gonna do, and so that just like that was like a huge blessing. Like he, we recently just shot. Uh, that's kind of like probably the only thing we've put out that we've like really shot of him was him buying his mom a house. They had a housewarming party that weekend. He was like, all right, like I need you to go interview this person, like that person, like, oh, he's like, oh, look, my grandma's on like the balcony, like go up there, like get a video and I'm like, yes. Very collaborative. And it's just like, and it just makes my life so much easier because, and like, even when I got to do like a man on the street interview with him or like a random, like, like a fly interview, he's like, cool, like, let's get this done. Like, and and he'll like, because he understands that it's never like a, Oh, Hey, like, can you do this for me one more time? Like, he's like, was that good? Like, or do we got to do it again? Or he's pretty much directing his own story, which is like so cool to me.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. And so how, how did you get connected to ESPN? How did that work out?
0: My mom's friend has their own production company, DG West. And I'm coming out of like, we're coming out of the pandemic. And I was like, I don't really know what I want to do, but they're like, you should just come PA with us. So we, I was in North Carolina for probably like three months. We were doing the Why Not Us series. And um, they, it, it wasn't really like, it was, a, it was a titled as a PA job, but I was really being mentored. Her husband was the director and he like really looked out for me and was like, this is how you do this. This is how you like, had me everywhere. At the time, I wasn't having a good time because I was really tired. <laughs> it long was days? Long days, like 12 hour days. Like
1: what were they like, interviews?
0: We're doing interviews and we're doing it on sports. So like a lot of the time practice was at five. So we had to, like, call time's four. So, like, you had to go shoot practice, all this other stuff. And um, I was really just learning how, like, what goes behind documentary making. It was hard because I was working, but I was also learning. Getting paid to learn. Getting paid to learn. Is
1: the best. Is the best. It's the way to do it. Yeah. It's the only way to do it, honestly. And it's, like,
0: the, the way you learn, though, is, like, you, you have to do all the grunt work. Like, I was doing DIT. I was doing, like, logging. And I was just, like... This is crazy. I didn't know it takes. this I much. I mean, that's trip. great experience yeah. though. It's a, it's a, it's like, I feel like experience. that's
1: a really great learning. Ex- like, yeah, it's just yeah. it's just you, you get to see everything.
0: Yeah, and so that that's really how I got started. And I was like, whoa, like if I can continue to do this, like obviously I gravitate towards sports just because I have a sports background. And so like learning what I learned there and like taking it to what I do with Kayvon, it was just easy and it was just like secondhand motion for me. And so really shout out to like Mike and Sylvia for like. They really like molded me because that project. So we're just coming out of COVID. COVID's kind of like still thing. A lot of people are still like being like super cautious with it. So McDonald's All American game got canceled that year. So they were like, "Oh, hey, we should just do like a, a feature on like four people." But the docu series we were still shooting with ESPN was still going. So they were just like, "We're gonna send Brandon," and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Like, wait! Like, I got so scared, <laughs> and I was like, I'm not ready." So I ended up Just field- by yourself? No, it was I was field producing and a scene, and they sent me with their um with another DP that they use who was like DP slash directing and we had an audio guy. It was three of us.
1: Okay, solid. I was about to say, like, definitely not by yourself. No, not by right? myself. Okay, I was okay. not ready for that by okay. myself. All right, all right.
0: Um and they uh and they're just like they just pushed me out the burner. Just go and for it. They're like, Just go Goodbye. make a
1: film, go make a documentary.
0: But it wasn't like a it wasn't like a was it like, Hey, this is what we're going to do. It was more so like I get a knock on my hotel room and they're like, they're like, I think we're going to send you to Arkansas tomorrow. Tomorrow comes and they're like, no, you're actually going to Arkansas tomorrow. And I was like, for what? <laughs> like, this is what you're doing. And I was like, oh, man, all right, let's figure it out. Still 22 at the time. Right. So we get to Arkansas.
1: I was going to say, where are you based at this time? Cause you, you get where, out of I was college. in North Carolina. Okay. But so you moved, you moved there for that assignment, essentially. Oh, no.
0: I was still based. I moved back to L.A. Okay. I would say I didn't even really get to move back to L.A. I literally left. I left Arizona December 2020. I literally dropped my stuff off in L.A., flew to North Carolina. Got it. And we were back and forth from North Carolina like every like 10 days. Mm-hmm. So it's like 10 days there. Probably get like a week off, come back to L.A., 10 days. Back and forth for like three months. And uh, But, yeah, we were in North Carolina at the time. And they're like, yo, this is what you're doing. You got to go field produce it. And I was like, cool. Just wide-eyed. That moment, that's when I was like, okay, like I belong here. I can do it. But it was also a moment of like, I still have a lot to learn and still like, I still need a lot of experience. We landed.
1: And that was sustainable for you at that point. Because you were working like for weeks at a time, like on an ESPN docu-series as like a PA. Mm -hmm. So I imagine you were getting like day rates during that, which is allowing you to survive. How was the transition from like, you're a PA to, oh, Brandon, I see you. You're doing good work. Like I'm going to allow you to do something bigger.
0: It was, um,
1: or was it like, I'm just curious, what was it? No, it
0: was, it was, it was literally like, just like the, uh, I did both projects at the same time because that feature only took like four days to like, because we only had a month to make it. They, They canceled the game last minute. And so I think when is the game played? I think the game played like in the middle of April they called us like middle of March. And we're like, Hey, this is what we're going to do. And I was like, sick. So they brought me that idea. And I was like, there's no way they're actually going to send me. And they're like, cool, go leave now. So we went, and this is like, this is why it's like really funny because we, we didn't even go to little rock, Arkansas. We went to Fort Scott, Arkansas, which is the most randomest place in the world. It's literally on the, like it's on the border of Arkansas and you could throw a rock into Oklahoma type.
1: Okay. (laughs) So
0: like we get there. I'm 22. Everyone's meeting me there. So obviously is like being like the field producer, like everything's your running point. I go to rent the Escalade and they're like, you're too young to rent this. So we couldn't get SUV.
1: Your first job. You're just My first job. I'm just like, I was like, I was like, like,
0: I'm failing. (laughs) Not even 25.
1: Okay. Okay. So you're on a roll. Then what? So what car did you end up renting? We're
0: thriving right now. Right. And I'm like, Cool, just let me get like a mid sized car. They're like, bro, we're in Fort Scott, Arkansas. We don't have Only minivans? No, they, did, they- I couldn't even get the minivan oh, okay. because I wasn't old enough to drive the big oh. car. So you had a small little tiny car. They give they gave me like a Toyota Corolla sport. Not even like the the sedan, like the sport one. So the DP arrives. I pick him up from the airport. He has like he has like eight pelicans. Oh my I'm god. Like, Dude, You're like,
1: this ain't gonna fit I'm like, we're
0: thriving. He's got a tripod. It's um, just like oh, we're doing so well. He gets in the car. We load the car up and I'm like, dang, we just have to pick up the audio guy <laughs> So I'm just like dang, I feel so bad everyone. I'm like my bad guys I was- This
1: is the first time you're meeting them.
0: This is literally the first time I'm meeting them. Like I have no idea Luckily, they're like super chill. Yeah, yeah. they were super cool. They were like super understanding. They like looked out for me Oh, um, little Brandon dude, lit- like literally okay, little so Brandon. then
1: okay, so then after that you are producing You're field producing in Arkansas for a bit. Yeah. Okay. And then now, did you see that project all the way through post? Like, what was your role
0: after post? So, how that worked is we picked four kids to do stories on. Mm -hmm. So, each one got, like, 15-minute segments in the hour-long segment feature. And they were like, so we did two, and – honestly shout out to our dp dom because he was like there's no way we're driving this corolla because we still had to drive from the regional airport in our south to where we had to go of course so he was like i'm getting us a truck (laughs) so he got us a truck drove down so we we were there for like two days it was like no we were there for one day we had we had eight hours to shoot drive pack go back to the airport
1: The same day? No,
0: literally the same day. It was because we were on such a time crunch. I
1: feel like that is just such a sin. I try so hard not to like travel and shoot in the same day. Like, I really despise that. But I'm happy for you. You did it. Okay.
0: So then from there, we flew to DC that same night, landed in DC, went to sleep, got up, shot that morning, and then the shoot was over. So we did two, and then we did the next two probably like three weeks later. Yeah. Was, yeah, it was a crazy. Wow, run. I love that, that was a story though. Wait, <laughs> yeah. I love that story. It was You're like crazy, uh, it?
1: Guys, I can only get us a tiny little car.
0: No, that, that's like my welcome to the industry moment for me. It was like, beep beep, like. Oh my god. I always think of the uh the office like Steve Crow when he's in his PT cruiser. Oh my god. Yes. That, that was me. I was just like, what's up, dudes? I love <laughs> like, that. So I need to know like all the
1: details of how draft day went. Like, like <laughs> I just need to know. Like, like you wake up, like, I want to see the day in the life. Like, I what, blew what draft hap- day so bad. Like what happened? What happened?
0: So the NFL is literally like the FBI. It is one of the hardest things to get access to and um so my you i'm contracted by the nfl i work with the rams i work with that i do projects for the nfl
1: as a contractor contractor, like per project or like per team how does that work with the nfl yeah
0: um a lot of it is per project okay but like during the season i would cover the rams and whoever the other team is so like i work for both teams on game day that makes sense Yeah, yeah so I ended up working like all the Super Bowl events prior to the draft because it was in LA. So draft day kicks off.
1: And you're still you're still working with Kayvon though. No. Right? That's why I'm
0: there. I'm not there with the NFL.
1: Right, right. Okay.
0: And so we go, we go to Vegas, we do like the whole nine yards. Like the private jet's like super awesome, super cool. But that's the hardest like three days because not only am I documenting everything, I'm also running social content and like getting stuff for Kayvon's Instagram. The team's Instagram, mom's Instagram. Who whatever. else is
1: helping you during this? Like, who else posts um, this stuff? Your
0: boy, just me.
1: How did I know that that was the answer? Because
0: I had, I had another, I had another friend, Andrew, who 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 helped a lot too,
1: uh-huh. cover
0: like, if I knew it was like a big moment where I'm like, okay, there's gonna be a lot of people here. I want to get reactions, things like that. I had another friend who covered it, but draft day, everybody's calling for a spot. Everyone wants to come to the party. This, this, and that. And my my friend. Andrew, who was covering it, his friend was getting drafted. So he was, like, he was helping me because the guy who my friend was covering was also working out with Kayvon. So they were getting ready for the, like, draft and the combine together. So he was there. So he kind of, like, doubled up and helped me out right. too.
1: But, like, it's definitely Slim Pickens. Like, they do not hand out those media passes easily.
0: No. Like, so, how does that
1: work? You're just, like, you're with Kayvon or, like, you have a media pass? Or what? what do you need in order to cover the NFL draft?
0: So – dang this is a story that i don't even know if i should say
1: okay we can talk we can talk about it we can talk about about it it,
0: but so we end up hitting a media company who's covering the draft because i called because even the nfl only gets so many media passes through what i'm contracted with the media and i was like hey i'm covering Kayvon." Can I, like, go through you guys to get, like, a media pass?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's always... It, you always have to find, like, your way in. Yeah,
0: like a medium. There, you
1: always have to, like, kind of be like, how can yeah. I... You know? So I
0: called them there, like, no. And I was like, damn.
1: damn it, <laughs> so okay. we get
0: this other... So we get this... Uh, so they put me in... Co- Kayvon's team puts me in contact with this other media company. They give me a media pass. So I think I'm good. I think I'm all in. I'm like, ah, yes. I get the media pass, and I look at the access. It's different levels of access, right? Of course. I only get access to... The media room where you can watch the draft and there's food in the workroom. And I was like, this is so useless. So you just like sharpie it and you're like just getting No, I didn't even Sharpie it. I found I was a I was just I knew I knew this was gonna happen. Yeah. I just have like a weird way of knowing that. Like I'm never I always say like, when you think you're gonna get a media pass, you're not gonna get one. And if you do get one, it doesn't matter it's the where wrong you're working, one. it's the wrong one. I and I learned this from shooting music and like music festivals. It's like you're just not gonna get the right thing. So you need to learn how to lie your way into things or just Sneak into things. Act like you belong. That's my biggest thing. I always say a camera in confidence has got me. Good tip. Dude, a camera in confidence has got me in rooms that I should have not belonged in. Draft morning kicks off. So I'm like, okay, I don't have the right pass. The only people who are allowed in the green room, like the room everybody sees that's on TV and like the celebration room. You only get eight passes for that. It's like Kayvon, his mom, like his team, his agent. And I was like, listen, like. I'll find whoever and get the coverage and rip it from whatever. Like, don't worry about me. I'm gonna figure it out. I try to walk. So I get the first media pass, right? So I go in the media room and I'm like, dude, there's no way they're gonna hold me back from this moment. So I was like, first I wake up. I leave my hotel to Uber to wherever I gotta go. I'm halfway there. My anxiety's through the roof at this this point. Like, this is kind of like what we've all been waiting for. I'm like, damn, I left my camera at the hotel.
1: i did not think you were gonna say that oh my god were you were you on time did you have to
0: no i had all the time in the world but i was just like my anxiety was like through the roof like so like i didn't know what i was gonna be able to bring like what whatever so i had i had a satchel i put on like a suit okay and i had like a supreme satchel with me okay i put a 70 to 200 in there and i had my 24 to 70. okay and i was like these are just my two trusty cameras is how we're gonna get it done
1: so two 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 camera bodies. What, what no, camera... I just had one camera body. Okay, so two oh, lenses, yeah. one camera body. Yep. What's the, what was the camera body?
0: I was shooting on a say a seven S three a Sony. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I forgot it all, and I was like, damn! I'm telling you, like my heart's racing, I'm just like, I'm like stressed out. I'm like, damn! Like, how am I gonna capture this moment? Like, I need to, like I've been plotting on this since like two days before, and it's just like it's been it's been so hard because it's like when they get there, they have media obligations. Oh yeah. So like three days before the draft, he's doing like all the Old Spice stuff is like Pandora stuff. And it's just like, it's just crazy. He's got to do his appearances. So like, I like look at the Uber driver. I'm like, hey bro, you got to turn around. He's like, why? So I go upstairs, I get my camera, I get back in the Uber. As soon as he pulls out the driver, I go, wait, wait, wait. I forgot my phone. <laughs> I'm just a mess at this point.
1: Okay. It's one of those days. Yeah, I go
0: up, I get my phone. I'm like, all right, cool, bro. We're here. Let like Let's go. I go get my media pass. I'm in the thing.
1: Did you have like a backpack with you? Like, were you no, trying to be like real slim, real I'll, slim, right? I just,
0: had, I just had like a camera and a suit. So it looked like I belong. Right. So we're like we're walking through like the media, like whatever we get to like the NFL draft part. So I'm like, I'm going to go find somewhere and just sit there the whole time. So I somehow sneak into like, there's like a hallway and then there's like, I was allowed there. But then there's the green room. Right. So I'm like, I'm going to sit on this couch and just wait for Kayvon and them to walk through mm-hmm. because they get bused through the front, go through the red carpet, do it all. So I'm like, I'm just going to like walk in with them. Yeah, of course. <laughs> they have, I look at their passes and it's like a real pass. It's got like a picture of them. It's got a QR code and it's got all these different access points. I'm like, there's, I was like, there's no way I'm getting it. <laughs> we try to walk in and they're like, where's your pass? And I just go, beep. <laughs> big red pops up. It's like, Aaron, and they're like, you can't come in and like, Kayvon and his man were like, bro, this is like my camera guy. Like, you can't just They're like, nah, like, I'm sorry. And I'm like, it's cool, bro. Like, I'm gonna go figure this out. I walk out. I walk out in this, it's kind of like outdoor stage. Okay. And I go down into like, there's like a media pit, but then there's also like, you could buy tickets to NFL draft. Mm-hmm. So there's like seating and stuff. But mind you, like I said, if you have confidence in a camera, you can go anywhere. So I was like, so I was like, I was dressed up. I had like nice shoes on, slacks, a button up. And I was just like, okay, I just need to find people who just look like me. So I kind of like went around side of the stage and I just like sat there and I sat there until the draft started. And, um, I was just like, I was just hanging out and this dude, this random guy just like looked at me and was like, Hey, like, who are you shooting for? And I was like, oh, like, I'm just like, a cam- I'm just like, you know, what's the crazy part about this entire story. I think I was allowed there, but my anxiety was so high. I felt like I just wasn't allowed there. Right, right. You just started talking things-
1: yourself into a corner. Yeah, I'm like, you're dude, just like, like I'm not
0: allowed here. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. so scared. I'm like, I'm just like oh, sweating
1: part. That's a really yeah. important part. Okay.
0: So I was sitting, but I saw other camera people. So I'm like, I think I'm cool. Like, right. whatever. And, um, but before all this happened, I called my boss at the NFL. I was like, Hey, I'm here with Kayvon. Can you like, get me in? And they're like, no i can't like my bad yo hey bro and they're like it's too late and i was like oh good no worries so i'm kind of like sitting with all these other camera people i'm just sitting in the cut it's like guy looks at me and was like oh hey like who you here with mike cave on this is who i shoot for he's like oh that's like super cool and i was like oh you're enjoying the draft like you have really good seats and he's like uh yeah and it's like his dad did something huge at the nfl and i was like oh this is so cool and um we get there and it felt like it felt forever. It felt like an eternity. I was sitting there. And mind you, like I say, like I feel like I, I, I was definitely allowed there, but I was for surely like just yeah. talked myself into like I was committing a crime.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: And uh, so like we're there. Kayvon goes he, the the big talks was usually gonna go to Detroit or the um the Giants. So the third pick comes around, he didn't end up going. So finally the Giants come. But it's so hard because we've been working so hard for this moment. His name gets called, but it was such a cool moment because they had had a a kid named Sam, I think he was part of the Make-A-Wish Foundation who got to announce his pick. I'm joined by Sam Prince, a lifelong Giants fan and Make-A-Wish kid. So the energy was so high and he was like... With the fifth pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York Football Giants select Kayvon Thibodeau, defensive end, wow. Oregon. Wow. Okay. Wow. I'm just like, there shooting. So where are you in relation?
1: Like, explain again, because it's like you're not in the green room. You're kind of off to the side, but you're like where the best seats are.
0: It's like we're all like the, the ticket buyers are and like they have like seats, whatever. I was kind of like along the wall with like all the other photographers. That
1: had the right media pass, but you did not have the right media pass? I don't know. Okay. All right. I
0: just want to say I didn't have the right media pass. So I I like, but I never looked at theirs and I was like, what does theirs look like? Like I want to make sure, but nobody questioned me. But you were
1: in the, you were in an optimal spot for that moment.
0: Yeah. Like I didn't, like, I didn't sneak in there. I literally just walked there like through every entrance, through every hallway. Like I didn't, I didn't sneak in there. You just
1: couldn't walk in with Kayvon. Where I
0: wanted to go was the green room where it's like. The big phone call happens, like the Giants call him and they're like, hey, we're taking you here. Everybody gets up, super happy yeah. moment. That's what I wanted. Right. So I had to go plan B. Okay, yeah. And so, but like I say, like, I think I didn't have the right pass to go into the green room. So, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm just not allowed anywhere. Like, yeah, yeah. I had to. I, okay.
1: So you, you're there for the moment. It gets announced. You are taking video at this point. You're taking photos at this point. Both. How do you, how?
0: I got, I got the video of him coming out talking to like shaking the commissioner's hand
1: no tripod right
0: no tripod all handheld and then i flip over because they do like a big they do this really cool thing where they have they make your jersey in the back they have like 60 seconds to do it so they put like the Thibodeau number the number one and there's a Giants jersey and he walks up and he gets to hold it and take a picture so like i just flipped over got that picture and um
1: on the same camera body just like quick photo boom
0: yeah And that, and that's kind of, and that's nice that it, that's why I didn't like, usually I run like an FX3, like run and gun or like FX6, but with the A7 III, you don't got to like switch modes. I just like flipped over and was just like, I like broke the biggest rule. I obviously did not do the 180. I did not, I did not shoot at one. I did not shoot one over 50 because I was like, I was like, I know I'm going to shoot. Right.
1: Well, okay. I know I'm
0: going to do photo. So I purposely shot the video. Uh, one over 250 because and i know gonna, he's gonna jump around or whatever whatever kill me in the comments i'm sorry <laughs>
1: <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do though because yeah. i was dying to know i'm like man like it's so hard to balance filmmaking and photography it's terrible and i i i know that it's easier on a sony or like yeah. on certain cameras but like it just they're two different jobs and it's so hard when people think that you can do both like yeah. You're amazing and you can, but like there are nuances. It's, you know what I mean? Like it so is not hard. it's not right. I always
0: say like yes, like I look at like myself as like, Yes, I can do both, but you're always gonna be more proficient and more advanced at one. And so there I I got I got a test run because he went fifth. So I saw how everybody else came yeah, out. Yeah and like I was kind of able to like anticipate what was gonna happen. So I was like, Okay, I'm gonna video of him coming out, shaking the commissioner's hand having fun, and then everyone walks up, picture, picture, picture. Yep, yep, yep. I was like, okay, I'm going to get that picture. Game plan, okay. So I did that.
1: So that went well. You you managed to, to be in the right spot. Okay, yeah. then after that, what, craziness?
0: Craziness happens. I dart out of there, back to where I came from, and I knew I was going to meet him there. So my game plan was to meet him there, and I knew it was going to be so crazy that I'm just going to walk in with everybody him. So... But what when that happens, when you get picked, as soon as your name is announced, you're like, you're you're the organi- you're part of the organ the the team now. So like Giants PR was there, Giants social team was there, Giants photography. They just all fly in. They all just like they have to like because they have to go do media after. So I see Kayvon, congratulate him, whatever, super cool. I have this like really cool clip of him. And I'm like, KT, like you're going to New York, and he's like, Going to New York, being like in a New York accent, just like super funny. So like, I just like, I like hug it, hug the like line. I'm just like, cool. I'm like sneaking in with him. I'm like, oh my god, it's working. So it all ends up just like working out. It was just like the biggest blessing ever. Like
1: just like so close to him, like go, 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 go. And
0: so like originally I was like, okay, like I know I'm not going to be allowed in these places. So what I, as soon as that happens, I establish that I'm with Kayvon, not like, not where I look at everybody and I'm just like, hey, I'm his cameraman. I show like a physical, like a personal relationship that I hold with Kayvon. So I went up to him, congratulate him, gave him a hug, was like, oh bro, like sick. And through that, everybody around was like, okay, this is Kayvon's guy. Everyone was super cool, super like friendly. And so that is what really helped me establish like that credibility when we went to these other places where like, I wasn't really allowed.
1: (laughs) Another great story, wow. And you forgot the camera to start the day off. Dude, it was the worst. My <laughs> the crazy God. part
0: is is when I got back after I forgot my phone, the Uber driver is like, "Bro." And I was like, "I'm so sorry, dude. You have no idea what I'm going through today."
1: <laughs> okay, so wait, go back to Atlantic Records. How did you when when was that in the trajectory where you had an internship there?
0: I one of my friends is their engineer, and I just got home I just got back to LA. I don't really know what to do. And this is, and I really did this in between going back to North Carolina, coming back to LA. It was kind of like really like a, I call it like an unofficial internship, but like I, they really like appreciated what I had to say. So like I was able to like talk to the marketing teams and they loved my work. So I would always go there, shoot a lot of like artists, shoot a lot of their events. Then one of their artists had like a really big single Sada Baby had a song with Hit Boy and Big Sean. I got to shoot the cover. I don't know. They called me and they're like, yo, what are you doing tomorrow? I was like, what? And they're like, there's a music video happening. And you're like, you're the only person who has like experience. They knew that I shot sports. So they knew like I could pick out moments within action because they didn't want to like, especially when you have someone like Big Sean and all those people, like, you don't want to take too much time. And you know, time is money in that industry. So they were just like, well, in any industry, they're just like, pick some shots, like, whatever. I ended up going there and ended up shooting the cover, taking pictures, and they all just sent it to their design team and they put it together. So I was just there. You're like I'm I,
1: not busy. I could I could do that. I could figure yeah, something make out. Make it
0: happen. And so like I was there just getting to learn a lot. Work with their marketing team. Like I'm still I'm still in touch with them to this day. Like it's just really because of my my boy Devin. He was just like yo come by. It just like opened me up to a whole new world. I'd really say like the biggest thing when you are when you have a camera or anything is is really how how you act and like the energy you give off, because you just like never know what people, what really rubs people off the wrong way. Like.
1: Yeah, what what have you learned by by being around a lot of celebrities, a lot of artists, a lot of athletes?
0: It's really to establish trust. And you have to establish that you're, you're there to help them and you're on their team. You know, a lot of people like, the media has like a bad stigma, you know, because of people like TMZ and whatever, so. When you see someone with a camera, it's immediately associated with something bad. So you have to establish, like, you're on their team. You're there to defend their dream. I always say that, like, when you have a camera, you're defending someone else's dream. It's the most, it's a pretty selfless job. Like, it's very rare that you're like, I'm famous because I have a camera. It's very rare. So you're there defending off, you're de- there defending someone's dream off of just passion because you like doing what you do. Say if you shot with, like, big time name, we'll bring you back and we'll, like, nerd out over it. But it's like, to other people, it's just like, oh, you're just a camera person. And people don't really understand that art. And that that's really what I learned is you're defending other people's dreams. And you have to let people know that through actions, how you operate, trustworthiness.
1: It's almost like you're an instrument. Like, that's Literally. the way I like it's to look at it is like... And it's amazing because with a camera, you can go so many places, right? That's you can You can be, you can ask random questions. You can put yourself in a room, yeah. you know, you can, you can be in all these places that normally you would not be invited into because you have a camera, but it's, it's, yeah, it's you're, you're an instrument, you're, you're storytelling for somebody else. And it, it's, this was interesting to me is like, it, it's a story to tell the story, you yeah. know? And a lot of the times we're so busy working on crafting other stories that we forget to like connect with one another about like the journey because it's it's always a journey
0: and that's what people like don't don't see
1: how do you stand out among other creators like doing the same thing
0: the way i put it is like not to stand out in like a selfish way i think the best way to stand out is like being collaborative i think and definitely being collaborative and like having your own style i think for like for me i think like a big thing that i do and that's like it's like a, it's a gift and a curse, but it's like, for me, what stands out is like the people who I work with. Like, I've had like big blessings to like work with like some of like the biggest names and like shoot some of the coolest people. Like I've taken photos of like Virgil, Lohuzi, like you name it. And I think for me, that's what like helped me stand out and like it helped me. I, I, I kind of hate like the world that we live in now where it's like, the word like iconic gets like thrown around a lot. And especially like you can, you can now this day and age, you can take like a bad photo of like a famous person and it'll just be everywhere. Everyone's just like, go to Moji iconic. This is so cool. This is so awesome. And there's like nothing against that. Like, that's cool that you got that opportunity. I'm not saying like, it's like a hateful opportunity. Like, I'm It's not... easy
1: to do like a one-off though, right? Like, yeah. Oh, I got this sick pic of
0: this one person, this one time. And that, and that has the power to carry you, so far but because of the trust that it took to get there and to get that close to whoever that is so that's what people see like there's a thing there was like I, I I don't know this is really why I kind of got out of like shooting music I think it's like a really toxic like creative environment I think it's starting to become a lot better and everyone's starting to have like a collaborative spirit but there was this like thing that used to go around that I would see it's like you're not good at what you do, you just have access. And I always hated that. And it wasn't, and it was just that's what like people used to say. And I'd always say like, yeah, these people have access, but like, you don't understand, you might not understand why they're there. Like this person probably shows up an hour before, wherever they gotta be. Mm -hmm. They might never lose a photo. Their SD cards might not ever corrupt. Obviously that's out of everybody's control, but like this person might be reliable. This person might get you the photos and everything within 10 minutes of whatever you just did. yeah, And so that's what a lot of people don't see and don't understand. Why does this person access, have access? Like, I always say talent can get you very far as it should, but it's like, if you're the most talented person and you're not meeting deadlines, you're just a terrible person to work with, you're you you do not have a good personality. You're untrustworthy. You're not going to get any work. It doesn't matter what industry you're in.
1: What what does the future look like for you? What are you excited about these days?
0: Um, just like continuing to tell like Kayvon's story, um, c- kind of like venturing off into like personal projects. I think I think every creator gets into that point where they kind of start like solidifying what they've done and like passion projects. Um, they're just like, um, I also like. Really wanna I love working with this foundation called Inner City Arts. I really want to just try and figure out how we can continue to like donate and just like get attention to them. They they're focused on putting like arts back into inner city schools because when budget cuts kick in, in any any situation, media, arts are the first thing to get pulled. Like even at corporate companies, I mean ESPN just laid off a lot of their staff right now. Like the producer who put last dance together just got fired from ESPN like so that's the first thing that gets taken away from everything is arts media from schools corporates whatever so it's like how can we continue to funnel the resources to these schools that don't have them and uh yeah honestly that's like really it. I'm, I'm I'm really like, it's something I'm really trying to work on but I'm really like a day day of type of person like what am I feeling like I really I think now NFL
1: today concert tomorrow that's really fashion brand next day after
0: it's funny because after the nfl draft the day after i was on a flight to chicago with hypeland they had like an event out there ended up shooting that and there's just like i don't know like it's just you kind of
1: just go with the flow you follow your passions and it's it's not necessarily like a scientific thing it's just like you're you have these different kind of lanes that you stay in and stay connected Mm in and it's just like one after the other
0: yeah that's why i i always say like my biggest my biggest thing that I learned was I didn't say no to any project done like product shots, sports photography, gyms, whatever. And I think that helped me work. That helped my work and just overall attitude and figure
1: out what you like and what you don't like. Yeah.
0: And just like my art and like my skill and like what I can do because like I can pull a little bit of everything to what my passion is. So I think that's just like, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out like what do what is like my angle, really.
1: And for for someone that is like a a mini Brandon, you know, in high school or you know, just thinking maybe looking at your work, being like, man, that would be cool to do one day. Like, what what would you tell your younger self or someone like you that you know is interested in getting into media but doesn't know how?
0: Man, hmm. I always I, I literally ask myself this question every single day when I was in high school. I, remember, I still have this picture. We'll put it right here. It's the funniest picture. <laughs> it is me shooting the Notre Dame game. I think it was like 12 at the time, 13. I don't remember. But I'm just like super skinny, like on the sticks. I didn't even have an SD card. It was on an eight millimeter cassette. <laughs> like, you were just out there, man. I was just out there and I wasn't even on a tripod. I was on a table with the tripod on the table, standing on the table. <laughs> and, uh, but it's just, it wasn't like, I mean, I know you work with like overtime, and you, and you see now the sidelines filled with cameras. And oh, it, absolutely! And it's like it's a it's a lot of young kids. Mm-hmm. The barrier to entry is so wide open now, but like when I when I was doing it, like our sidelines didn't have any cameras. It was it was Max Preps and like L.A. Times and like and L.A. Daily News and whoever. Like there wasn't like this rush to like. So like I don't know what I would like really tell kids right now. I think if I were to like really tell someone like if you were if you were in that like if you're in that entry range right now is like really focus on the art. I think what a lot of people and like a lot of kids and a lot of people who are picking up a camera for the first time are caught up in like the algorithm of like I need to shoot the coolest person right now. I need to shoot it vertical and I need to throw the crazy effects and this and the 3D and it's and be the first one to post. Don't do that. Just make good art. There's this kid right now. His name is Zeno. I met him at a Nike event two years ago. I didn't even know. The way I found out was they threw up an edit. And I was like, yo, who did this? This is so hard. Like, the storytelling, the visual, everything is so good there. And this kid has it down. Like, I'm telling you, this kid's going to be the next big thing. I think he's probably like 15 now. Wow. He was 13 when he did this. But he he gets it. Like he probably posts like once every like blue moon. He shoots everything 16 by nine. He's all about great shots, great editing, good pacing. And I'm just like, if you can learn that now, you'll win in the long run. Like, yeah, it's cool to try and get a media pass to get the five star recruit. And hopefully he repost it. There's nothing wrong with that. Like I say, that is a good way to like get notoriety. But at the end of the day is, is, is your arc going to be good? Because so i don't think social media will forever like social media will get you paid but it's like is that really what you want to do forever like i I say you got to like pick a lane like for me like i want to win an emmy and like you know do things like that so for me it's like to get there shooting reels and things like that isn't going to get me there it's good art you know, it's like, I mean, you look at award winning DPs and things like that. They have like 400 followers on Instagram. I know. And like,
1: I know. They like, are bro. not focused on that stuff, man. They are focused on art. They are you know, not focused on like,
0: that. You click it and like, I remember I found, man, I don't remember. I think it was like a few years ago. Someone just won an Emmy or Dude, or an I'm Oscar. so with
1: you. I'm so with and you. And I was
0: like, and I found their page. I think it was like 400 followers, like four posts. And I was like, This can't be the person. There's no verification. Like, so I Google it and I was like, damn, this is (laughs) the (laughs) Instagram.
1: Okay. What's, what's one resource that like people should not sleep on? And it could be like an app. It could be a piece of equipment. It could be like even piece of advice, but like one resource.
0: Shot deck. (laughs) Shot deck. Shot deck is so legendary. Why? Like, it's just like easy inspiration. Like. I think, I think the big thing in our field is like how to get inspired. Like no, there's no like A plus B equals C formula to get inspired. Like sometimes it might take, like for me, a big thing that really inspires me in my art is like fashion. I'm not the best dressed person, but what I do love about fashion, and it's really high fashion is like the attention to detail. Like I watch like Virgil Abloh's vlogs. My all time favorite documentary is Dior and I. It's about Raph Simmons' first show when he was the creative director at Dior. And some context to it is Raf comes from like a from like a ready-to-wear style where Dior is like all high end sewn pieces together and it's like and it shows his like battle between like how long it takes to really make a dress with the seamstress and like it's, it's beautiful and like things like that like really inspire me. We might see something that the average viewer, like I, like my big thing right now is when people tell me like movies are bad or shows are bad. I'm like, were you not entertained or do you really think it's bad? Like, what do you think it is? Like if you were entertained, then I don't like, I'm, I don't know what to tell you because there's movies that are good, but don't entertain people.
1: Is there anything else you want to
0: add? Um, find creative friends. I think that's another big thing. People really sleep on like, creative friends and just finally creative outlets. I think, I don't know, enjoy, run your own race too. So easy right now to compare yourself to other people. Like I remember when I was like shooting music and just people people were getting all this crazy access and like shooting the coolest festivals. And I was like, dang, like why why aren't I doing that? Comes to find out is these people are like giving everything in the world to like, shoot these things are not getting paid. They're funding their own ways there. Which is if you can do that, cool. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the end of the day, you don't know what people how people got there. Like, you know, so just really run your own personal race and focus on the art. If you focus on the art, you'll win in the long run. I love it. Yeah.
1: Thanks for being on Talk Talk To Me. It's
0: the greatest podcast in the world.
1: That's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you so much for listening and or watching. If you enjoyed this, if you had some fun listening to this, found something useful, please give us a review. It would mean the world to us as we are trying to grow this podcast and community. Just do it. Also, if you love Talking Docs, join our weekly Discord Wednesdays at 5 p.m. PST where we discuss a Doc of the Week and check in with each other. Talk soon.